Welcome to Catholic Money Talk, where we talk about all things money and finance, and we try to do it through a lens of being Catholic, where our ultimate goal is to one day be in heaven with the Lord. I am your host, Paul Scarfone. Thank you for being here today. Today, we're going to talk about finances and our emotions. But before we do that, let's say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask you for all the grace and wisdom that we need to face the challenges or the circumstances that we might find ourselves in. We know that you love us and that you have a great plan for us. Allow us to yield to your Holy Spirit. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, finances and emotions, or I might say emotions and finances, or maybe, more accurately, how do our emotions impact our finances? Well, the answer is constantly and in so many ways. We need to be alert and on the lookout for how we are letting our emotions impact our decisions. We need to be on guard from allowing our emotions to impact all of our decisions. But today, we're going to look at how emotions can impact our financial decisions and how certain financial decisions can lead to stirring up emotions. I want to start by telling a story. And every now and then, I've told this story, and my wife will usually preface it by saying, This was the low point of our marriage. Now, I don't know about that, but it was probably the biggest fight, air quote, fight that my wife Taryn and I ever had. And it is something so ridiculous. Uh, We laugh about it now, but in the moment, (laughs) oh boy. So let me set the stage. It was June of 2012. I had just resigned from being a branch manager for the prior six years. I was a great branch manager, tons of success and recognition, but the hours and demands of the job just, they didn't suit our family. So I left and found a new job as a business banking relationship manager at another bank. And I left so that I had a week off between the jobs. So I had a week before starting the new job. Now, We had not yet learned how to properly manage money, nor did we really have the correct attitude towards being good stewards of what God had given us, and things were tight. I have shared this in some of the other stories. We were paycheck to paycheck, and so when I took a week off between jobs, that was unpaid, so things were tight. We were feeling it. Anyway, it was Saturday morning of that week off from work. I headed into the basement to get something, and as soon as I opened the basement door, I was smacked in the face with one of the worst smells I've ever experienced. As I gagged and continued going down the stairs, I was kind of unsure what I was looking at. Then I began to see the source of the smell. Uh, We had a floor drain at the bottom of the steps, and it had backed up and was covered by, let's call it a small pond of raw sewage. We had shelves at the bottom of the steps, and that was our food pantry, and the first shelf was submerged in the sewage. And most of it was canned food, but it was a mess. Now, my brain slowly started to ignite into an explosion. I experienced a flood of different emotions. Confusion, fear, panic, disgust. I was annoyed that this happened. I was confused at how this could have happened. And I was afraid of what it would take to resolve the problem. I was worried that this was going to be a huge financial problem and I had no idea how to resolve it. 
I think one of my children was following me to the basement, and I quickly shouted, no, get back, get out of here, you can't be down here. My wife comes running over to see why I was raising my voice, and she started bombarding me with questions. What happened? How could that happen? What do we need to do? And so on. And my head was exploding. We started calling to try to find a plumber on a Saturday morning. Uh, We got a hold of someone who came, and after three hours and 300 bucks, was able to snake the drain line and resolve the issue. We had clogged our main sewer drain, and he unclogged it, and it was done. Then I started to clean up but my emotions were lingering. I was angry this happened. I had to put $300 in a credit card because we had no money to pay for the repair, and that was back when we were still using credit cards. I was frustrated and annoyed that we had no money. I was mad that I literally had a crappy mess to clean up. I was scrubbing the floor with bleach, and I started throwing away all the cans of food. Then my wife's emotions started showing up. She was upset I was throwing out food. She wanted to clean the cans off. I said, no way, and continued to throw them out. We got louder and louder in our communication with each other until I think we both might have actually started to cry because of just the emotional stress and weight of everything. Now, I look back. It was only a $300 repair. It was pretty simple and straightforward. And it was probably only about $40 worth of canned food. But we were overwhelmed. Fear, anxiety, stress, and frustration completely overwhelmed us. And when I look back, I realized that that flood of emotions, they were really all symptoms. Symptoms that were a result of our financial situation. The decisions we had been making, they were like a disease, a disease of poor financial decisions. And add emotions, they, those emotions were just constantly circling us like sharks ready to strike. Now, I've talked about many of the poor decisions that we've made that led us up to that point, not budgeting, not prayerfully discerning financial decisions, buying too much of a home, multiple car loans, student loans, and the list goes on and on. And I've shared several of these stories in previous episodes. But a common factor in many of our poor decisions was allowing our emotions in the moment to impact our decision. When I think of my biggest financial mistakes, the two main emotions that are present are fear and impatience. Fear, well, that's fear of the unknown or fear of a bad result, or maybe it's a fear of missing out and we're just trying to keep up with what we think everyone else has. I've definitely experienced that. And impatience, when I think of someone being impatient, I think of Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I want it now. In fact, I sometimes say it like Veruca. I want it now when I'm trying to playfully tease my wife if she makes an immediate demand on me. It usually gets a chuckle from her. But impatience is real and and for all of us. If it's something desirable, we want it now. And if it's a problem we're dealing with, we want it to be done now. We, we want to, whatever pain we might be dealing with to be gone. And we're tempted to think of the quickest, not always the best way to deal with it. But we don't want band-aids. We don't want to deal with band-aids. We want to solve things at their core. So we don't want to treat the symptoms. Let's treat the disease. So how do we deal with these emotions? Well, one way, the first way, we have to pray. In Philippians 4, Verse 6 to 7, we read, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We have to pray in every situation. I talked about that in one of my earlier podcasts. It it was one of my favorites. If you haven't listened to it, I suggest you do. It's titled, The Importance of Prayer. It's from February. But we need to pray. When we pray, we fend off the evil one. When we pray, we invite the Lord into every situation. In Romans 12, verse 12, we read, Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. So, be patient. Be constant in prayer. I just had a recent situation where I was fighting impatience. So, we were just away for our 20th anniversary. And while we were away, my mom had called me. She was babysitting our kids. She told me that our minivan broke down and wouldn't start. The roadside assistance guy told her that it seemed to be the starter. When we got home and I was Googling where to find the starter in the car, I heard if you tap it, it might start. But I didn't know where it was in the 2010 Honda Odyssey. Uh, And in the Google search results, there was a five-minute video on how to replace the starter. It looks simple enough. Now, mind you, I am not a work-on-your-own-car kind of guy. But with the help of a friend, we replaced the starter. It was longer than five minutes. took us just under two hours. Then two days later, the car died again. I was done. I googled it. It looked like it may be the fuel pump. But then the emotion started coming in. I was frustrated that I had to fix the car again. This one seemed to be like a lot longer of a repair. Should I do it? Should I pay my mechanic to do it? Should we just buy a new car? I mean, things we're only going to keep going. It, it's it's frustrating not to have a working car. It's a 13-year-old car with over 120,000 miles on it. I know it's far from dead, but part of me wants a new car, and I'm frustrated by repairs, and on and on and on and on. Well, I have to fix it if I'm going to sell it. So I ordered the fuel pump, but was nervous because I also wasn't sure if that's what it was or not. I asked my wife what she thought we should do. She said, well, let's say a prayer. So we said a prayer, then my mechanic, he actually reached out to me and asked me if I wanted him to come take a look at it. My wife and I both agreed. I said yes. He swung by the next day. Turns out it wasn't the fuel pump. It wasn't anything. I actually had recently tried to get a new key made and the locksmith was having trouble programming the key. In the process of programming the key, he unprogrammed my old key. My mechanic quickly figured this out. reprogrammed the old key, and it was done. Immediately, my thought of replacing the vehicle vanished. The problem was gone. I actually didn't want to spend money on a replacement vehicle. We're saving up to replace the vehicle, but we don't have all the money for that saved yet. And I was getting dangerously close based on my emotions and frustration to making a poor decision. But once I calmed down, prayed, and became patient, the solution unfolded. Now, this recent situation is why I decided to do this topic for this podcast. It reminded me of how dangerous it is to allow emotions to influence our decisions. They really are like sharks, constantly circling us, ready to strike. They smell blood in the water, and then here they come. I started to think back about all the different other times emotions come flying in. Sometimes life is really crazy, and we're just unsure what to do. We need to pray. And we need to be calm. We have to ask the Lord for direction. 
I have a friend that is cur- currently looking to buy a home, and we've been talking about it pretty regularly. And as I'm speaking with him, I'm remembering some of the emotions that came along when we were buying a home. One of the biggest challenging moments is when you make an offer. When you make an offer based on what you can afford, you've prayerfully put your offer together, you want the home, you're excited, it's perfect for your family, and you make a strong, reasonable offer. And you pray, Lord, if you want us to get this house, please let them accept the offer. Please make it clear. Then they come back and they say they have multiple offers and you need to submit your best and final. Best and final are not calming words. They are anxiety promotion words. Enter a flood of emotions. What do you do? Say that was your best and final? Maybe you have the highest bid already. Do you stretch yourself because you really want the house or the kids really want the house or you've always wanted to live in the neighborhood or there are no other homes for sale or this is our dream forever home or on and on. The emotions come flying in and we become extremely vulnerable to making a poor decision. The truth is there are plenty of other homes and we might not have found the right one yet. And maybe our offer wasn't at the top of our budget. And we can spend more. That's when we need to stop. We need to pray. We may even need to get some outside wisdom. You know, an opinion from someone other than the salespeople, like realtor and mortgage rep that are involved in the deal. Someone who will help us look at the bigger picture and not get caught up in the moment. These are big decisions and can have a domino effect on our future finances. We need to be able to clearly see the impact of our decisions. And then through prayer and wise counsel, we're able to decide if we can increase our offer or stay where we're at. But we need to be able to set our emotions aside. And here's the deal. Once we get better at removing the emotions from our financial decision making, it leads to more peace when we have new challenges. The more peacefully we make decisions, the better position we are in for relying on peace in a new challenge. Now, I mentioned the sewage problem back in 2012. Well, fast forward six years later, it's now 2018, and we had gotten much better at prayerfully discerning financial decisions and being good stewards of what the Lord's given us. We closed on a new home, and a week later, we were celebrating our fifth child's first birthday. So we're having a first birthday party. It's a week after we closed. Now, the morning of the birthday party, the kitchen sink will not drain. I try to snake it. doesn't work. I'm starting to get frustrated. My wife says, why don't you say a prayer and ask your brother to come help? So my brother comes over. He's got a motorized, stronger snake. We snake the drain, and everything in the sink goes down the drain. Hallelujah. I then head to the basement to clean off the tools in our slop sink, and I see the ceiling is dripping down the wall from under the kitchen. I tell my brother to run the kitchen sink, and as he does, water is just pouring down the wall. Here come more emotions. There is clearly a broken pipe somewhere. I say a prayer and take a deep breath and think for a moment. We're in a good spot. We just bought a home that meets all our needs. The Lord provided. We have been on top of our finances and we have a fully funded emergency fund. Worst case scenario, I need to hire a plumber first thing Monday morning to figure this out. My brother encourages me to remove the back of the sink cabinet. We do that. We cut away the sheetrock. We then remove the dishwasher, remove the sheetrock from behind there too. Then we find there's an old, rotted, cracked pipe in the wall. Praise the Lord. Guests are beginning to arrive for the party. 
So we just rope off the sink and we decide we'll tackle the pipe after the party. We have a great birthday party for my son. As the guests leave, my brother and I head to the home improvement store to buy a new drain pipe. We get back home, cut the old one out, install the new one, done. $15 a pair. Yes, some work, but that was it, 15 bucks. It was a great reminder that emotions, they come in those moments and they're just going to get us frustrated and fearful. But if we pray, stay calm and ask for help, we see how easy it is to get a solution. Now, that example is not the end of the world, and we can think of bigger, more challenging ones. But the Lord is faithful in the small and the big. The small ones happen often, and they're really there to build up our faith so that when the bigger trials come, we have full confidence in the Lord's track record to come through for us. Why? Because he loves us. He wants us to do his will in all things, and then we will have true joy. We're reminded in Hebrews 13, verse 20 to 21, Now may the God of peace, who brought it again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord loves us faithfully. Now, it's not just negative emotions that can impact us. And this is the last point I want to make about emotions and finances today. And that has to do with the other side of emotions. We'll say joy and excitement. These emotions can overwhelm us and challenge our ability to be sensible in certain situations as well. Right? We've all heard of lottery winners and even athletes that they come into windfalls of money and then they go broke very quickly. Why? Because they are overwhelmed with excitement and they burn through the money so quickly. In the episodes I've done about goal setting, I mentioned listing your goals, writing them down to include your hopes and your dreams. And some of them, they seem so big, too big, but I say, write them down anyway. If the Lord is putting these items on your heart, even if you can't see the how they might happen because of your current situation, the Lord has a funny way of providing. It can be a raise at work, an unexpected bonus, or even an inheritance. But we want to use prudence, peace, prayer, and good judgment to make financial decisions then too. I recommend to people, if they come into some money and weren't expecting it, don't do anything with it yet. On a spiritual side, pray. Seek the Lord's wisdom on how he wants you to use the money. On a practical side, do some math, especially if there's a chance that it was a taxable event. You need to be able to handle both the spiritual and practical sides. One of my favorite clients uh, that I've been able to work with over the years was a couple And they were the beneficiaries from a life insurance policy of a deceased relative. And they hired me to help them figure out their finances because they didn't want to squander the money. What a wise move for them. They had recognized the emotions that were tugging on them. Yes, there was sorrow and there was loss from the passing of the relative. But there was also gratitude and excitement. And the The excitement was from that they received a blessing. They really feel like their relative was blessing them with this, and they wanted to use it wisely. See, we we are susceptible to so many different emotions. We need to be on the lookout and prepared to handle all the things that come our way. But our hope and our trust is in the Lord. We need to go to him in prayer when we feel overwhelmed. And we need to trust that God does have a great plan for our lives. We only need to seek his will and cooperate with him. The Lord is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. 
Well, that's it for today. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you for joining me. God bless. Thank you for listening to Catholic Money Talk. I hope you join us again next time. Please click subscribe in your podcast app to get notified of new episodes. God bless you and have a great day.